This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. family welcome back to the daily the on the daily dfs podcast you can follow us on twitter at on the daily dfs and you can subscribe to the show wherever you download podcast i am at salito ff and i'm joined once again by my co-host at matt jones tfr and at tj calkins we are here to lead you game by game through the week two main slate and hopefully help put you in the green what's up guys how was week one I lived on the bubble. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> Andrews and Adams everywhere, and then I just kind of screwed the pooch on everything else. How about you, Matt? Yeah, it was uh, it was a very good cash week. Um, the I just you know gave it Troops gave it all back. There. Gave it all back on the on the GPPs. So <laughs> hey, listen, there's not, there's a lot to be said for a fine balance in life, and. Uh, that's where yeah. you guys are living right now. Yeah, so, I had my yin and yang going with those uh, those two formats. Well, guys, we have 13 games this week, a, a traditional main slate of 13 games, and uh, we're going to jump right into it. That way we don't waste any time and making sure we can hit all of our points. So we are going to kick off with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Tennessee to take on the Titans. This game is an over and under of 42 and a half points. Guys, Corey Davis – uh, seven for 101 comes in at a cheap old $4,000 4, $4, this week on DraftKings. And uh, tell me about if you guys are excited about one James Robinson because he got 100% of the running back carries last week. Zero threat to the carries on that team. And he comes in at 4,400. So what do we like in this game between the Jaguars and the Titans? I'll kick this off here. Uh, on the Jaguars side, we had a very big surprise on the game script last week. So with you said 100%, the emphasis was on carries for Robinson. I don't think we're going to get anything remotely the same game script this week. I think Tennessee's going to blow them out of the water. So this is a week to go back to DJ Chark, but I think there's better uh, wide receiver plays overall. The only player from this game that I am truly targeting is – the volume monster, Derrick Henry, who Tennessee will stick with, will run over the Jags like bowling pins. And that's it for me. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Henry had 
almost 50% of the the team's opportunities last week just uh just stupid usage like he yeah it's it's just crazy um i wish they i wish they threw to him uh a little bit more three targets is like you know it's fine um but yeah no i i fully agree with you i don't think i'm going to have uh i don't think i'm going to have many pieces in this game if i end up making you know my typical six or seven lineups uh i don't I don't really see myself uh, targeting this one too heavily. I do think Henry is a great play, though. I, yeah. I mean, I think he is very high up there. Where are you at, Seth? Yeah, well, I am the original Derrick Henry truther, so anytime somebody's going to promote Derrick Henry to me, I'm all in on that. But, yeah, I did see somewhere where he di- he did run 22 routes this week, I believe, which was nice. He was on it, but he did get pulled off on third downs. Uh, by Jeremy McNichols, who I didn't even know still had an opportunity to be on an NFL team. <laughs> that name I haven't heard about literally in about three years. So <laughs> that was really interesting to see him pop up. So, yeah, so the takeaway from this is Derrick Henry and, and not much else this week, guys. So let's not waste any time and move right on to the Carolina Panthers heading down to visit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This one is at 47 and a half, a little bit of a disappointment. Tom Brady comes out, rushes for a touchdown, screams, yells. It looks like old times, and then the rest of the game is just going downhill. Sinks his team with a bad pick six, and uh, you know he suddenly looked old. I mean, it just happened like happened like that. Um, Chris Godwin is in concussion protocol, guys. It does not look good for him to play this game. We know Mike Evans was banged up last week, saw one uh, late target, and he ended up catching for a touchdown to salvage. His day, so um, I, I know TJ's got some names he wants to talk about this week. Not this is not quite one of his all caps players, but TJ, talk to me about Scotty Miller, uh, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I mean, it's all going to come down to Godwin. Obviously, uh, the guy doesn't have a ceiling at all. If Godwin's present, but he does have a floor no matter what. He's not expensive. If I recall, he's forty four hundred, forty five hundred. So. If Godwin's out, I mean, this is the guy to own uh, if you want to attack this game on the running back side of things. Or, I'm sorry, on the wide receiver side of things. But against Carolina, man, I just want to play the running back. And honestly, this every time I say it and any time I will ever say it, Ronald Jones is a great play this week. And it just feels <laughs> gross. And I, I, like, I, I need another shower right now. It's so awful. It's so good. Somewhere somewhere, Packerine is uh, is – uh, fully pants off right now uh, with the with the Rojo usage last week. He absolutely is. Uh, yeah, he uh, Rojo saw a third of the Bucks opportunities uh, on offense last week. It's only fifty two hundred this week. Um, it's a it's pretty pretty difficult to uh, to argue against him. Um, but what about what about this uh, Carolina side? Sal, do you have a uh, you have a favorite play with the with the Panthers too? Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty easy to just say CMC and walk away, right? But uh, Robbie Anderson showed up a big last week. He had six catches on eight targets for 115 yards. Uh, more targets. I'm sorry, DJ Moore sold more targets, but was only able to pull in four. But Robbie Anderson comes at $1,100 cheaper than DJ Moore, so he's an interesting play for me. Um, I, but I don't know that I'm going to feel consistent on a weekly basis with any specific wide receiver in out offense. So. Um, aside from uh, McCaffrey, I don't know that I'm going to be rolling anybody else out into any cash lineups. Yeah, no cash. Uh, 
I don't think you can even consider CMC in cash. I, I, I just kind of don't want him when he still costs a couple thousand more than the rest of the field. And we're not seeing that. I, I, I need to see that 40 and 50 point output before I'll even consider playing it, honestly. Uh, on the Carolina side, I mean, I'll eat my shoe the next time DJ Moore doesn't catch 50% of his targets. Uh, <laughs> and Robbie Anderson did kind of have that broken play. So, you know, DJ Moore is going to be in play every week until his price spikes considerably. Uh, what about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, 6,300 uh, for Moore. He was like uncharacteristically uh, inefficient last week. He saw the 14th most expected points and only turned it on the whole slate and only turned it into like nine and a half PPR points. So obviously not the best output for him, but uh, I think that the the targets were obviously there. And honestly, I think that this, this offense in general can kind of be like a, a sneaky, uh, you know, GPP stack that's a little bit cheap uh, that's going to probably stay cheap most weeks because I don't really see Teddy Bridgewater, you know, uh, shooting up the salary scale. Um, and we have a super concentrated uh, target tree here. Like it's, it's those three guys. It's the three wide receivers um, that really saw what eight, eight or nine targets a piece last week. So if you want to mix and match through those guys uh, in some stacks, I think you can uh, really do a lot. Uh, throughout the rest of your lineup because of the savings that they provide. Well, guys, one last we... thought on this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I think we're almost confirmed, and especially after that stop route, that Tom Brady has his own personal Jeff Janice now, and I love to see it <laughs> because I, I'm pretty sure I said that on the show last week. And <laughs> as soon as as soon as he stopped that route, I said, "Yep." What do That's we feel Mike about Evans, the, by the way? Sorry. <laughs> well, what do we feel about the tight ends uh, on Tampa? OJ Howard did find pay dirt last week, and, and I've been a believer that OJ Howard is going to have a much better season than he did last year. Is OJ Howard a guy that's in play for you, Matt? Um, I don't know. Like, it just feels weird. Like, I, I definitely, I get the argument for it. Um, he did. Uh, I'm pulling it up now. He did see, I think, the third most. Yeah, the third most uh, air yards of any tight end. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, six targets. Uh, if they're they're airing it out to him, uh, then I, I I guess he should be in play if you're building a bunch of lineups. Probably, I'm probably not going to go there, but uh, I definitely see the argument for it. I think you have to assume they're going to have that negative game script again too. Uh, and that might even hold true for Miller, even if Godwin's out. Right. So I, I don't know if these pass catchers are super attractive unless you're uh, projecting Carolina to kind of put it on the Tampa defense. Well, we walk away from this with uh, just TJ all filthy dirty from the Rojo take, and uh, we're going to move on to Pittsburgh where the Broncos come into town to take on the Steelers. Uh, guys, uh, Philip Lindsay – Battling turf toe, I, I'm going to guess he's not going to play. And you might look at this. Guys, I keep getting uh, an outside call that I apologize for. I'm trying to stop them from calling. Leave but... Sal alone. <laughs> um, we, we, we see a very attractive $5,200 price tag on Melvin Gordon, but going against a Steelers defense that absolutely stifled. Saquon Barkley this past week, and I, I don't want any part of the run game coming out of Denver. 
Um, even Royce Freeman, who's going to probably get that, that second role at $4,000 is not attractive to me, but guys, if James Connor misses Benny Snell, 19 for 113 at $4,500 going back the other way against the Broncos, Matt, is that something you're interested in? Yeah. I mean, he, you know, not to, uh, not to go all, you know, team grind the tape or whatever the hell uh because that's definitely not not my uh, not my strong suit he looked good man like he was like i don't know i i just i thought that he was kind of like just a guy uh when i saw him play last year and he looked he looked pretty good uh with the opportunity that he was given and obviously like he's he's gonna get every every little stitch of work uh if if connor misses and it it seems most likely that that's gonna happen um i I think you probably uh, have to lock him in in cash. Uh, and then obviously the usual, um, you know, game theory considerations, if he's going to be super popular, uh, you got to, you have to kind of take a stand on him. TJ, if you're, if, if Connor's definitely ruled out, are you, uh, wh- where do you land on your exposure to Snell? Oh, see, uh, you probably have to go to like Curtis Patrick or Ryan McDowell uh, for confirmation on this. But, I mean, I'm a Benny Snell truther from way back, all right? And now we're finally seeing the U.K. version of Benny Snell after – I mean, he truly was ugly in his rookie year. But we were getting reports out of camp that he looked like a different player, and we saw in the first game he looks like a different player. And, I mean, he's an effective back. So it's not like we're getting just a guy getting these touches. So I am absolutely in on Benny Snell. All right, well, let's talk about the pass catchers in this Pittsburgh offense. We saw a couple of touchdowns out of Juju. We saw some other guys do some good things. James Washington, uh, it really got spread out. Uh, Nobody had the big yardage and reception total game. But, you know, going forward in this offense, Matt, do you expect the ball to be spread out amongst those guys? Do you you think Juju becomes a low-level elite wide receiver as he was originally projected to be? Or is this something you're staying away from? Yeah, no, I mean, if if we're on the road of his airways, we uh, we gotta we gotta talk up uh, Juju. I, I love me some Juju. Um, I mean, I think I think Deontay Johnson could potentially be the the highest owned wide receiver. Um, you know, not named. Uh, you know, not like the studs, like not named Devonte Adams. But uh, other than that, I think he could push uh, towards you know twenty percent ownership this week. At forty five hundred bucks, and uh, I I don't think I could I don't think I could really make a good argument against it. A um, lot of lot of opportunity to go around there. I think they're going to want to throw the ball, and uh, yeah, I think that uh, that's that's definitely somebody that I'm interested in this week. Yeah, uh, you said it, man. Deontay is the guy. Here's the first of two all caps guys written down. Uh, the price is just simply incorrect. I mean, what if I told you you had DJ Moore, but a better football player that had a similar similar level of inefficiency last week, and he's only 4,500 this week? I mean, which wide receiver had 10 targets? One Juju, one Washington. It was Deontay. And my God, he looked smooth. And once he pulled his head out of his ass after that first half, I mean, <laughs> it is just not even fair what he's going to do. I mean, to every secondary, but this Denver unit, I don't know if you guys saw, they let Corey Davis be relevant last week. That's alarming. That's, That's, yeah. 
That's I just awesome. I just chalked that up to 2020. I thought that that's what happened. <laughs> Corey Davis. I mean, you said it, man. Well, guys, is there anybody on the Broncos side, any way at all, we're finding a, a, a Bronco in a lineup this week? The silence speaks volumes. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I got nothing, man. I mean, I, if you want to project uh, an absolute blowout, I think uh, Melvin gets a lot of checkdowns, but – there's just way better running back plays. You need a lot of things to go right for that to work out. Yeah. Yeah, I can't disagree with that at all. I think we all agree. There's nothing good going on on the Denver side this week. So let's move over to Philadelphia where the Rams come in to face off against the Eagles. The number is at 45 and a half. Guys, interesting thing for me, uh, Robert Woods, who was scripted to very early on in last week's game, he pulled in six uh, for 105 on eight targets. He's $300 cheaper than Cooper Cup. And I get this from a tweet uh, that Jacob Gibbs put out this week. And it said, since the Rams went to more 12 personnel in week 11 of 2012, here are the per game splits between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Woods, 10.9 targets, 104 total yards, 19.4 PPR points. And Cup, six targets, 51 total yards, and only 13.9 PPR points. Uh, it's 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 a big game sample to go by. So why would we pay up for Cup, guys, if we could get the better wide receiver for cheaper? We wouldn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's let's uh, let's take the let's take the suspense <laughs> out of it. We wouldn't. I mean, Robert Woods. I think this week is the only player in play on the Rams side, at least on my sheet. Uh, do you guys feel any differently? You know, Malcolm Brown kind of did his thing. But I don't expect that to continue against Philly. So. Yeah, Philly traditionally tough against the run, and uh, we saw they, you know, while they blew the game and lost last week, Washington did little to nothing on the ground outside of some cheapo touchdowns by Peyton Barber that got everybody up in arms, and they ran to the waiver wire and added them, and they're going to be very disappointed when they realize it's Peyton Barber. Um, and I say that knowing I added him in the Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> I hate when Peyton Barber is still Peyton Barber, you know. Yeah, why couldn't it be something like uh, Christian McCaffrey? Come on, Peyton Barber, try harder. So let's go over to the Eagles then. We uh, we all were a little disappointed in, in D-Jax's production last week, but as it turns out, it looks like him and Rager were basically splitting time. So it was one or it was the other. And, you know, Rager got targeted a bunch, but he had the one catch for 55 yards. We got teased with what's to come. But uh, – you know, Miles Sanders is going to be back this week. It's they got a ton of weapons there again. Matt, who are we going with on the Eagles' this side? This is this whole like sheet is just absurd with with their uh, their air yards per target. Like <laughs> they were Djax and Rieger are both <laughs> over thirty yards per target. Like what's happening? Like they just they were like, yeah, we're we're not going to let them play much, but when they do, we're just going to have them run in a straight line and just throw it as far as we can. I mean, it's a good, it's a fine strategy. Uh, it didn't really work out um, for, for the two of them last week, like seven targets for, for Jackson. Um, I, I think that I'm probably, uh, I'm probably going to go back and, and target him again this week. Uh, 5,100, I think is, is a perfectly reasonable price. I, I'm not like, you know, locking him in or anything like that, but definitely, uh, he's definitely in consideration still for me. 
I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, there's definitely something weird going on there, though. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Djax, he after a while he seemed just disinterested. He didn't care. I mean, uh, Wentz had a terrible game. He really did. You know, yeah. I, I expect a complete. I don't. I don't expect a game this bad for the rest of the year, and I think most of them are going to be uh, huge, huge differences. Um, I, I still think it's too early to go to Rager. I'm not going to go there. Djax is fine, but. Uh, let me tell you, the best running back play on the slate is Miles Sanders. He's only 6K. Uh, we saw what Zeke did to this Rams front last week. Uh, he caught it. He ran it. Sanders is going to do exactly the same, but he's only 6K. I, I I really will go so far as to say I might just go ahead and lock Sanders. Where you guys at on that one? Lock it up. Listen, I'm here to take your advice, TJ. What do you mean? I'm not here to give it. I'm here to steal it. So, <laughs> and then try to attempt to beat you in the, in the matchups with some players that you never heard of. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, Miles Sanders probably could have played last week from what we're hearing. And I think that maybe Philadelphia shot themselves in the foot by thinking the Washington football team might be a pushover. And guess what? Young, hungry players or just disrespected players they're still professional football players and, and Washington put them in that place. So uh, Matt, anybody else in either side of this game? No, that's, that's pretty much where I'm, uh, where I'm looking. I think the, the, the meat of all this is, uh, is coming up over the next, uh, the second half of the show here. All right. Well then let's move over to New York where the jets will be the jets <laughs> and the 49ers, the 49ers so who, who had as big of a blow up in their face as, um, as the Eagles did last week. I don't think that the 49ers expected to come away with losing that game late, but guys, uh, uh, Kittle, I, I, let's just say he's probably not going to play. I can't imagine San Francisco is going to take a chance of rolling him out there against a jets team that probably couldn't defend the three of us on a good weekend. So uh, Brandon, I look is practicing in full and this jets defense gave up 300 passing yards last week to uh, Josh Allen. So I can only imagine somebody in this San Francisco team is going to have a huge pass catching day. I, I just want to know who it is, Matt. Yeah. So do I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I think this is, I think this is going to be uh, just, just a complete boat race. Like I, I can't imagine this game like finishing within three scores. Like I think the Jets are just going to be like completely embarrassed. Like there's, there's just no, there's no redeeming qualities with, uh, with the New York Jets football team. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, are, are, are we, are we like buying in on? I don't know. Like what, what are we doing here? Are we? going with Trent Taylor who saw five targets are we going with Kendrick Bourne who saw five targets like what this is all like so weird but I just know they're gonna score TJ convince me not to put Jordan Reed in my lineup if Kittle doesn't play don't put Jordan Reed in your lineup if Kittle doesn't play I, I I'm telling you uh on the San Francisco side I have uh, I have two players written down that I, I might consider and those players are Mostert and this is even more gross than Rojo. It's Evan Coleman. Uh, if we get some sort of blowout script, he's just going to carry the mail. So that would be kind of the punt play. Um, but on the San Francisco side of the ball, I, I'm i truly not going to consider any pass catchers. Uh, I think Kittle plays limited. You know, so I, I just think it kind of flattens everything. And 
you know, Shani doesn't hate that. He's happy with that. So I'll be happy with that and just fade it. What about you? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that sounds about right to me. Like I said, I, I think that this this could be uh, a, a situation where the 49ers score just a, a shit ton of points and it doesn't really help anybody <laughs> in particular uh, in DFS. Yeah, I mean, normally you want a, a, a team to be chasing points on the other side, but it's it's the Jets. It's Sam Darnold. It's um, it's pathetic. <laughs> See, I think the total on this game should be about 28. Like, <laughs> I don't think San Francisco is going to score a ton. Uh, Jimmy G can always give you a pick six. And I, I mean, I'm looking at the Jets side. I like the Jets side for DFS better than I like the 49ers side. I think the Jets defense is in play again. I mean, Arizona's completely inept unit was able to put six six points up last week. Uh, the Jets are a far better unit, and I, I'm not sure San Francisco's offense at this point is any markedly better, if better at all, than that of Buffalo, and they're traveling to the East Coast. So I can create a narrative that this is just kind of a close game. Uh, San Francisco probably leads, but we're probably just seeing the volume on the Jets' side go to Crowder and Herndon again. And those guys are more attractive than any pass catcher on San Francisco, hands down to me. I had uh, I had Crowder written down on so many different pieces of paper last week and played him in zero lineups. I'm so disappointed in myself. I brought him up on the show last week, and then I didn't put him in any lineups. I'm pretty sure two years in a row against the Bills week one, he just smashed, right? Wasn't it, wasn't it the Bills week one last year as well? Yeah, he had like had 17 game. targets or something stupid. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, the uh, I'm still I'm still scarred from the the nine targets for two yards game. So I I don't think I'm ever, uh, ever going to confidently click on Crowder. But um, no, I I do agree if they if they have to if they have to throw it around a little bit, then, um, you know, who the hell else is Darnold going to throw it to? But those two guys that you mentioned. (laughs) Well, the best thing we could take away from this is TJ says bet the under. Under 42 and a half, he doesn't think it'll be close. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with TJ. I think you could, I, I think it could be 28 points scored. I just think all 28 are going to be by the 49ers. <laughs> well, Matt, we have some people that uh, help get the show on the air. So why don't you tell everybody about them? Yeah, real quick before we uh, before we jump into the rest of the slate, I do want to tell you guys about our sponsors tonight. Our first sponsor is Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi is made for football watching. And our other sponsor tonight is, we're being brought to you by Indeed. Uh, Indeed is a, a great service if you uh, if you own a business. Even though sports had a break, your business definitely did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account whenever you want, and there are no long-term contracts. Indeed also provides powerful tools to make your search easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. 
Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash podcast. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, thank you for to both of those uh, those lovely sponsors. And now we can uh, we can hop back into the show. Gonna need that seventy five dollars if we play DJX again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, let's let's head on down to Miami, where hopefully this will be the last game with the low total. This is a a forty one number here, where Buffalo comes on down to to face the Dolphins. Guys, one thing I pull out from last week's game, and, and with Miami having some issues with uh, Devontae Parker and some of the wide receivers, Mike Zeki played 45 of 62 snaps. He was in a slot for 32 of them. He lined up out wide for seven. He added over 16% target share. We saw Chris Herndon get six receptions last week at the tight end position, not a lot of yardage. Uh, is Gazeki a play that we want in uh, in this week against Buffalo? I have an X through this entire game. Just a big X through it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. Gazeki did not get that volume that was kind of hoped for, and I think that's going to be the case with Gailey. I'm out on him going forward. Uh, matchup independent. I'm just not playing him until I see some volume. Or I see just a tiny, tiny price tag. Uh, where are you at, Matt? Yeah, no, I, I kind of, as much as it pains me, I kind of agree. I, I, I really am a, a Gasecki guy. Um, but you're right. This, this opportunity, uh, you know, five targets is just, it's not gonna, not gonna get the job done. Um, he would really need to, to take over a significant share of the targets, considering how you know inefficient the offense probably ends up being. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely with you. I'm kind of out on this game. Like I, I don't know. the 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 funny thing is like Miami's defense is gonna be like chalk, which I just think is kind of silly. But uh, you know that you see Josh Allen and and you want to click, but uh, then you then you pay attention to what Miami does on defense, and maybe you should feel a little differently. Well, listen. If we get, we have nothing to add on this game, let's let's get it out of the way because we have a few coming up now that I think we're gonna have a little bit more interest in. I'm looking for that second all caps player from TJ. Did we get to the all? Did we get to both your all caps? Yeah, you got both of them. Already. Oh, we did. What well, TJ? Love- no. Make up some more along the way. <laughs> all right, uh, guys. For a reason, they're Deontay and Miles Sanders. That was it. I missed but, okay, Miles Sanders. Now I remember. Miles Sanders is the best player of the week. According to TJ, get him in all your lineups. All right, guys, uh, in Indy, the Colts welcome in the Vikings. We got a good number here, over 48 and a half. Uh, guys, Philip Rivers targeted his running backs 30% of the time last week. And we all know I was a Marlon Mack guy last week, and he was off to a good start. It was looking good until that Achilles popped. And he was hobbling off, and there we go, and it's an ankle. I knew immediately that look. That it was an Achilles. And even before that, Naeem Hines was a huge part of the offense early on. And I don't know if anybody I spoke to, listened to, read from last week had him up as as a play. But listen, I don't think it deters anybody from Jonathan Taylor this week. $5,700. He is 
the complete back. He is going to be a top 10 back the rest of the way, in my opinion. Matt, are you, are you getting him right into lineups this week? Yeah, I uh, the issue uh, for, for tournaments is that I think everybody's getting him right into their lineups this week. Um, I mean, it's it's completely impossible to argue against it. Like I, I say it on the on the golf show all the time, like you can, you can make all the, you can do all the mental gymnastics that you want uh, to, to talk yourself out of a guy because of ownership. But like, there are some guys that you just can't talk out of, talk yourself out of for golf reasons. And like Jonathan Taylor, you cannot talk yourself out of for football reasons uh, under any circumstance. So yeah, I think uh, he's definitely 5,700. He's definitely a lock uh, for me in cash and will probably be, uh, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm picking three guys that I really want to make sure I get in all my three max lineups, uh, he's he's definitely in firm consideration there for me uh, as well. Yeah, I'm going to tread more carefully on the tournament side. I absolutely love the player. The situation got great, and that's really sad on uh, Max L. That's probably a career, not a year. You know, Achilles are just death knows, but... Uh, I was actually on record saying avoid Heinz like the plague last week, so I guess I'll take the L on that one. Uh, <laughs> that didn't work out. But, uh, yeah, Taylor, his ownership is going to be through the roof, and I, I'm trending carefully. I mean, this matchup is not good. It really is a bad one, and they got that secondary is what got scorched last week. Granted, you have Rivers. Granted, I mean, he's essentially minus Derek Carr at this point of his career. So I don't know how much you can truly project uh, the proper plan of attack, if that means wide receiver attack. But I think the leverage in this game is Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton. And I think that's the best avenue to attack. And I'm looking at if I'm looking at the 5,700 Taylor price tag versus the 6K Sanders, I mean, give me Sanders. I, 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 I'll take uh, 50 cent wagers. All day on Sanders uh, for DK points. Yeah, I like I like the the Ty call too. Like it's the same exact price. It's an, a very natural pivot off of him for you know probably I don't know. It might end up being like a quarter of the ownership, and uh, and he saw forty percent of the Colts air yards last week. So um, definitely definitely with you on that one. Yeah, and I, I'm happy to see a definitive role for Paris Campbell. It's a guy who I, I own in a lot of places in season long and, and some dynasties, and I was happy to see him not only get the opportunity but succeed in the opportunity, and I think that both of those guys are in play as well, and I, I'm just a big lover of tight ends, so there might be a, a random Mo Alley Cox thrown in a lineup for me this week with uh, with Jack Doyle maybe a little bit banged up. Yeah, we, we do have a clear-cut – a pretty clear cut three receivers in Jack or in uh, Indy right now, you know, T Y Campbell and uh, Pittman. And then once T Y ultimately ends up on IR for the year, which I think is <laughs> inevitable, then you'll have Pascal back in there too. But we didn't really have a lot of clarity last year. And I think we have that now. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's move over to green Bay. The other half of that Minnesota shootout last week, we saw, the return of Aaron Rodgers and what we need to be careful about with Aaron Rodgers is he had these blow up games last year. So it, it happened in week one. And I think people expect that it's going to happen for 16 weeks. His price 
shot up. I think he's the second most expensive uh, on the main slate this week, if I if I remember correctly. But, yeah, he's up uh, at sixty nine hundred. Yeah, so he he shot right up. So he right away became very expensive. So the Lions come in. Uh, Kenny Galladay still not practicing. We mentioned it here on the show last week, and it didn't seem like it was anything too serious. And then it just it went downhill quickly, and and Galladay was out. Guys, the one thing I'll take away from last week's game is that DeAndre Swift saw the most snaps at running back, and he has a clear pass-catching role on his team. Whether he caught the most important pass or not in that game, it cost him a game. The coach gave him a vote of confidence. The head coach, Matt Patricia, gave him a vote of confidence after that about being a young player playing in his first game, no preseason. Uh, It was a big moment. He didn't live up to it, but he did an excellent job catching a ball and, uh, you know, TJ, is, is DeAndre Swift the guy on your radar? No. Uh, it's <laughs> odd. Like you said, he, he played the most snaps. They only gave him three carries. Yeah. You know, and I think that uh, they're going to be forced to be stuck with that broken run-pass split all year, and they're just going to chuck the ball and – I don't know that the target share for him will be there to justify playing it. Even what is he forty nine hundred? He so is yeah. out there. But uh, while we're on uh, Detroit pass catchers, I am a documented Hawkinson hater, despite his perfect name. And but he he did look good last week. Uh, I believe he caught what six of six targets. But yes. what if I told you? There was a pass catcher in this game that saw 10 targets last week. 40% of DFS players don't know his name, and he's 3,800. It's Quintez season, baby. Yes, it is. It's unbelievable at 3,800. He's going to have that volume roll for as long as Galladay's out, too. Second highest percentage of uh, snaps from any rookie wide receiver last week behind C.D. Lamb. Um, very, very, I have him on every taxi squad that I have in dynasty. So he might be making his appearance in the real, the big boys lineups this week. I'm pretty certain you don't have him in Cinco there. So I'll have to go and look. Oh, you got him. I, I got to look too. Cause I, I, I mean, I, I'm overexposed there. I love it. I love that we're both on. I got a little Donovan people Jones, I think in that one. Instead. I <laughs> I have a Matt's serious. Like, Shut up about dynasty. I need to make <laughs> oh, a point. I, I, don't, I, have, I have zero dynasty teams. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I I was just gonna say I I have a serious question. Is it possible that Matt Stafford didn't even realize that that wasn't Kenny Galladay that he was throwing to? <laughs> he was just throwing to the same position. <laughs> yeah, listen, have, that's great. Have a bad concussions. It's like it's a it's very much in play that that's the case. Uh, yeah, ten targets, like thirty eight hundred. Uh, assuming assuming Galladay doesn't play, which he didn't practice again uh, today, I, I'm gonna have a very hard time not not putting him into uh, just about every lineup. He, he I think he's must play. Uh, I think the game script is negative. But I think Stafford's going to have to chuck it again. And, Shocker. I mean. Uh, it's not. It's not a terrible matchup. It's not a great matchup. It's just thirty-eight hundred, and you can project volume. I, I think that's fine. He was super inefficient last week. I don't know if that's entirely a byproduct of his own play, but yeah, um, all in there. 
Well, what are your feelings on Aaron Rodgers? While we, we, you know, I brought him up at the top here, and um, we saw great things out of. If I, in my season longs, if I don't have Lazard on a roster, I have MVS on a roster. I have both of those guys everywhere, so it's nice to see both of them live up to it. Uh, I'm a believer that MVS is in a long run is going to be uh, the better of the two. I, I, you know, it's just, I he's a guy who came out with a little bit higher pedigree last year. and just didn't live up to it, but um, I, I love them both. Maddie, which guy are you getting in this week? If either. I mean, I'm just getting in Devonte Adams. Plenty of by hook or by crook. <laughs> like there, I, I, I know, like I already see it, it, you know, written in the stars that I would just be playing whack-a-mole with those two guys all season. Uh, and I just, I'm just going to not, I'm not going to get too cute. And I'm just going to be like, you know what? I got to find a way to pay for, for Devante. And if, if Galladay misses, then paying for Devante is, uh, is super easy. So anything else? Boat, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm saying boat on Adams. It's the, the volume P will continue to see is insane. However, I, I think we saw, I think we saw a coaching staff see an exploitable matchup uh, through the air. I think Minnesota was somewhat caught by surprise by the game plan, uh, the pass-heavy game plan, staying away from the backs for the most part early. And I think they're going to end up in a spot where, oh, look, early in the season we tried to break our tendencies and then we went back to doing what we did last year and playing a one-score game every single week, uh, just like Pete Carroll taught us. <laughs> Got to get the Pete Carroll dig in. Uh, absolutely. Well, he did the same thing. He did. So we'll, we'll get there. But he did the same thing last week, <laughs> and he will do the same thing that I'm saying right now. Oh, they're, they're coming. Seattle's coming. Um, let's hit the Jerry World where the Falcons uh, Falcons come in to face the Cowboys. 450 pass yards last week for Matt Ryan. All three wide receivers had nine receptions. All three went over 100-plus receiving yards. They come in priced Julio 7,400, Ridley 6,800, and Gage is just a mere $4,800. I saw a stat where since Sanu was traded last year in Week 10, Russell Gage has averaged nearly eight targets a game. If you looked up last year's per-week target totals, he would be ahead of DJ Chark. Cortland Sutton and Tyreek Hill for targets per game. Guys, is there, first of all, it hurts Hayden Hurst, who's a guy who I like a lot this year. But if the three of those guys are going to be getting that volume every week, it's not going to go to Hurst. So do we see that continue with Gage and at $4,800? Is this a place where we want to get him into our lineups? I think uh, the wide receiver volume last week had a lot to do with familiarity. You know, we truly had a weird offseason. Hurst is the new guy. So I, I do think that levels out. I don't think it's uh, skewed like it was last week. It also is a byproduct of the team being completely caught off guard, a super poor coaching staff on the Falcons, and it remains as such. <laughs> That's against, right, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn yeah. is the other coach that TJ does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, we already covered Lynn. That we're, no, we didn't cover Lynn, but yeah. So, uh Actually, Schottenheimer caught him by surprise. They, they threw the ball early, and uh, imagine that. Russ is equally effective and efficient early in games as he is late. I, I mean, I feel <laughs> shocked by this, right? I mean, it's crazy, tough. <laughs> but, yeah, so 
I mean, they have a completely negative game script from the word go, so they're just chucking it. And there's no familiarity with Hurst. Uh, I mean, the system and with the quarterback. So, I, as I said, I think that levels out throughout the year. I don't know if it'll level out this week, but to your point, uh, Gage is absolutely the uh, best point per dollar play. Uh, Ridley scored touchdowns again. I mean, does that continue? Maybe. If it does, he'll, he'll probably do well. But uh, I'm avoiding Ridley when he's essentially priced the same as Julio. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I have a good friend who um, I watch pretty much everything with, UFC, football, whatever. And he always seems to know when somebody just became a father. Like, that's a thing he finds. And that person's performance always seems to pick up in that season. It happened a couple of years ago with Eric Ebron when he scored the 14, 15 touchdowns. It happens typically when we're watching the UFC. And Calvin Ridley became a dad recently, and he had that big ball game to start the NFL. Let's see if that carries on. It's just an odd narrative street type of stat that my buddy throws out there all the time. But, you know, I just figured I'd give him a little shout-out on the podcast about that. I guess congrats on the sex, Calvin Ridley. (laughs) Way to go. That's very late in life to start a family, isn't it? That's an age thing on Ridley because he came <laughs> in the league at 24 or whatever. <laughs> that's all good, TJ. <laughs> I started around that time myself. Yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a golf thing too. That's the old uh, the old nappy factor. It didn't work for uh, it didn't work for bad Rory McIlroy, but uh, other than that, it's uh, that's definitely a narrative across other sports too. Um, yeah, I I just I can't wait to to watch this game because. It, neither of these teams like care at all about their fans and just want to like break their hearts at every chance that they get. And it's just, I, I feel like it's just going to be like a complete comedy of errors the entire fourth quarter of them just like trying to lose the game. Um, Yeah. So I, I I agree with all the, uh, all the Falcons takes uh, that, that TJ already mentioned. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know. Did, are you guys confident in in Zeke? I know he played well last week. Eighty two hundred feels like a little bit of a weird, a uh, little bit of a weird price. Like I don't really see myself building lineups uh, that end up with a, an eighty two hundred dollar spot for a running back. I feel like I'm building uh, towards other running backs, but maybe you guys could could talk me out of that. Maybe I can. Let me try. Uh, if I'm making cash lineups this week, I'm playing both Dak and Zeke. I think uh, I think the Cowboys score the most points of any team this week. Uh, I want to cover all of those touchdowns, having Dak and Zeke. I think Cooper is very in play now in tournaments. I mean, Gallup and Lamb could hit, but I, I want to play Cooper. You know, I want to mix him in. I think the volume is going to be big. I think losing Jarwin is actually going to be a buoy for Cooper. I think he sees more slot snaps than for Zeke. So I, I, I wouldn't play Cooper in catch, but as far as tournament lineups, I, I'm perfectly good with a Dak, Zeke, Cooper uh, double stack. Does yeah, that we saw <laughs> Matt, are you filling him in now, Matt? Is he in as we speak? Yeah, I just I, I don't know, man. Like I just I feel like once I plug in like these these other guys that I really feel like I'm like I need to lock in, I just don't find myself landing 
like on that, which I, I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's a, a bad decision. I'm not saying that they're that either of them are bad plays. Obviously, uh, you know, they've they've both uh, paid off handsomely for people in the past. So I, I'm not going to like disparage them. I just feel like personally, the way that I'm building, I just haven't, you know, I just play around and build different lineups. and I just haven't landed on on uh, Zeke in particular that much. Yeah, and I, I probably went overboard saying if I'm playing cash, you know, it it kind of goes back to playing the Mahomes and the Chiefs running back thing, cover all those Chiefs points in cash. I think we're in a spot with this Dallas offense and a matchup that you're, you're in the exact same boat, and yeah. that's kind of what I like. But uh, paying up for Dak is probably an issue this week, and I get that. But uh, I, I absolutely do love Zeke, and he's one of the top players I'd pay up for. Well, we were cruising along at a nice pace with some good games, and then somebody snuck the Giants and the Bears in here on the slate. And uh, this is uh, this number is at forty-two, but there might be some interesting things in this game. Uh, we saw Golden Tate get ruled out late on Monday, which led to a blow-up game for Darius Slayton, which uh, who I had nowhere. Uh, and we saw Saquon Barkley, as we mentioned earlier, against Pittsburgh absolutely get shut down historically shut down 15 carries for six rushing yards they did get him the ball out in space uh through through uh receptions and he did look like saquon barkley on some of those runs he lined up in the slot or out wide 13 times the most out of any running back in week one Matt, it's just too high of a price for Saquon right now in a lineup in a in a team that just can't block for him. So I, I have no Saquon anywhere, I think, even in season long, luckily. But what do you see out of this Giants team? I mean, I'm a, I'm unfortunately a Giants fan and uh you know I, I let myself sort of be like, you know what, maybe Maybe we'll figure it out. You know, maybe Daniel Jones do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, you got new coaching staff, maybe. But like Judge is a moron. Like the Daniel Jones just makes like boneheaded decision after boneheaded decision. Um, and I mean, all that you need to know is like if if you can't get Saquon going, like, like what are we doing here? Like what? <laughs> like it, it just it's one of those few times where you're you're watching and like you always hear your like dumb drunk idiot friend be like oh i could do that but like i actually could have done what saquon did <laughs> running the ball on on monday night because like he didn't do anything um yeah I, I i mean i guess if if tate misses again um you know slayton slayton would be in play i think those three are going to be whack-a-mole uh all year long uh between shepherd tate and slayton so i don't really have a ton of interest uh in anybody and anybody on that side, uh, obviously Saquon is, is really great leverage because he's not going to be owned by anybody sandwiched in between McCaffrey and Zeke. But, um, again, like that, that 80, that eight K range isn't just not, it's just not where I'm landing on, on my running back, uh, belts this week. You know, I was going to say, if you took the handoff and fell down at the line of scrimmage, you would have gained more yards. But the problem is 
he was getting met three and four yards behind a lot of scrimmage <laughs> on every single attempt. So I don't know, man. I'm shifty. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I don't know. Maybe if you screamed loud enough like a girl when they came after you, you they would have they would have backed off a little bit out of nervousness. Uh, TJ, TJ, uh, anything on the Giants or you know you want to bring to light something we should be playing with the Bears? Uh, yeah, I, I actually have a couple things on this game. Uh, Saquon, I'm out on. It, everything on the Giants except one guy, I'm out on. I, I think they're going to trail in this game again. But last week against the Pittsburgh defense, that I think is easily the best in the league at this point, we can take with a little bit of grain of salt. And the worst game of any offensive player on the Giants was not Saquon. Shockingly oh, enough. I know who it was. So, yeah, Ingram had seven targets. He had two catches for nine yards. Uh, That's Crowder-esque. Yeah, oh, there's your guy again. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, last week, Hawkinson, a guy uh, way shorter on pass-catching ability than Ingram is, uh, he caught a perfect five for five targets. He had, I know he had a touchdown. I believe he had 50-some yards. Uh, Ingram at a friendly 5,300 is very much a middle of the tournament play, and I think he should be the second or third highest on tight end of the year builds. Well, I'm an Evan Ingram guy. Every year I say he's making a leap into the upper echelon. He's making a leap up, and he'd get hurt, or he just has a stinker like he did last week. But, you That's know, I love it. DFS. You can play him until he gets hurt. That's it. It's inevitable, but we can still play him. <laughs> That is well. Let's hope he stays healthy. Let's hope he heads in the direction that you're you're thinking he will this week. And I, I'm definitely going to have him plugged into some lineups this week as well, uh, guys. Before we move on from this matchup, is there anybody left in this game that you want to discuss? Yeah, Squeaky Wheel needs grease, man. Squeaky Wheel needs all the grease. A Rob is going to be happy on Monday. I'm going to say, you know what? Here's 14 targets. We're sorry you're unhappy. We'll wait till next week to piss you off again. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a great point, right? Fine narrative, right? A narrative is is a thing in, in DFS. But let me ask you about Anthony Miller, who had the game-winning uh, touchdown, a really, really nice play where Trubisky looked actually like he knew what he was doing. He was, only, he was in on less than 50% of the snaps, Anthony Miller, with that – Shy you away from maybe trying to put him in a roster or two, or you know, is this a guy you think is coming into his own in his third season? I think you have a correlation play to make with Miller. Uh, you mentioned playing Saquon for leverage. Well, you know what? If uh, the Giants have a favorable game script and it's a lot of Saquon, well, we're going to see more three receiver sets out of Chicago, and that means more Miller uh, comeback mode, a lot like they were in Detroit last week. Uh, and that's when Miller smashed late in the game. So I, I, I think Miller and Saquon actually correlate really well. Outside of that, I, I play a tiny bit of Miller, uh, a tiny bit of Saquon, but I just think A-Rob and Ingram are the plays in this game. Where are you at, Matt? Yeah, no, I agree. I'll I'll always play I'll always play some Robinson. Um yeah, it the the splits in general were weird, right? Like the the wide receivers for Chicago a Rob was up a little bit over eighty percent, but everybody else was under fifty percent. All the all the wide receivers, um, and then obviously, if you have a, a generational talent like Jimmy Graham, you just got to make sure that he's on the field for eighty percent of the snaps. <laughs> so feed that man, just feed him. You know what can go wrong? 
You know, I saw something in a preseason that said he was having the best camp out of any player on a team. And I don't know if that's good for Jimmy Graham or just a sad state of affairs in Chicago. But I think I know what both of you guys (laughs) would feel about that. (sighs) Didn't didn't Wims get a touchdown too? Did I dream that? Wims scored. I mean, what? Wims was on the field only for four fewer snaps than Miller. Like, what are we doing here? Well, he's playing on the outside. So, you know, if they're playing 12 or something, you know, Wims could see those snaps. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, I know. I, it's just, it's very interesting looking at these, at these snap shares. Um, just no, you know, like I said, no, nobody else really over 80 except for Jimmy Graham and Allen Robinson kind of tells you all you need to know. So we get Jesper back. We need Jesper. (laughs) Guys, we're going to go over to Arizona now where the Washington football team comes in to face the Cardinals. And up on my screen over here, I have all the games with the over-unders. And this one is at 47 and a half. They have them listed as WFT. And it just keeps looking at like WTF to me because uh, that's pretty much the offseason they had. But listen, they had an amazing comeback and a great win. We mentioned it a little bit earlier when we were talking about how the Eagles blew the game, but they're going up against a, a much better, more high-powered offense, I believe, this week. We saw uh, DeAndre Hopkins just basically poo-poo on everybody who wrote him off this year with 16 targets and just a monster game. Better better targets than he ever got in a single game in all those years in Houston. And the Arizona offense ran 82 offensive plays on Sunday, which just means nothing but goodness. We know it's usually in the 60s on average for these teams, and they were 20 plays above that. Uh, Guys, over on the Washington side, uh, TJ, Antonio Gibson just looked like a a must-play last week at $4,000. He didn't play that much. He was not on the field that much at all. As I mentioned, Peyton Barber earlier got the goal line work. Uh, McKissick, who didn't do much of anything either, still got – he ran way more routes than Antonio Gibson. So I'm going to ask you if Antonio Gibson is a guy you're going to go back to or it's a guy you're going to shy away from till you could see, you know, that they're going to actually have him on the field more. Yeah, I'm shying away. And luckily last week uh, after the show, after we recorded, we got Boston Scott that was actually a better play going in. I mean, that one also didn't work out, but – uh, I, I definitely was way lower exposed on Gibson uh, by the time Sunday came around than I was on Wednesday because of the Boston Scott situation. Uh, they are easing him in, clearly. Uh, I think eventually he takes over, you know, not so much a McCaffrey role for Rivera, but it will be a lead back to Belkow usage. But uh, this week, I am not touching any player on Washington, save for maybe, like you said, the GOAT, Logan Thomas. Uh, apparently, he's the GOAT now. But we, we, we don't we, – we had Kittle last week against Arizona, so we don't truly know if that tight end defense is fixed. So you, you have to play some level of Logan Thomas this week, I believe. But outside of that, on the Washington side, I don't want anyone here. Uh, how about you, Matt? Yeah, no, full agree. Uh, yeah, Lo- Logan Thomas will be will be popular, um, but thirty six hundred, uh, it's probably for for good reason. Twenty six percent target share for Logan Thomas last week on the field for fifty two of the seventy snaps. So, 
He's definitely out there. He's definitely getting usage. Let's just talk about. Go ahead. It could be just a. It could be a mirage. We just don't know. So you know, just don't fade him. Don't lock him. Just play him and see. Only one way to find out. Right? Yeah. I mean, we're we're (laughs) gathering information, so it's week two on the weirdest season we'll ever see. So. Well, let's go over to the Arizona side where it's just a ton of things to like over there. They were going to bring up is Chase Edmonds. Uh, Chase Edmonds, he lined up in the slot or outside 10 times last week. That's second only to Saquon Barkley out of all running backs in the NFL last week. And I saw a note today where he's going to get more and more usage to keep Kenya Drake healthy. Is is Chase Edmonds a sneaky play, Matt, or do you want to wait till he just gets a little bit more usage further down into the season? Yeah, I mean, uh, TJ would probably be closer to playing him just by the the virtue of the the number of lineups that that I play. I don't think I would uh, I would be digging down that deep. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe TJ, you can uh, you can speak to that a little bit more if you're considering him. I wouldn't consider him this week. Uh, he definitely did score that touchdown, but uh, I mean, if you look at the play, it was basically every defender sees, "Oh my God, Drake's coming, coming at us!" And then uh, Edmonds on the field, same time, just kind of slips out to the flat. Uh, as far as uh, like you said, the number of snaps overall, I think that's pretty telling with the Edmonds number of snaps split out. If we see the same pace, and we get. Uh, a sample size of that number of snaps for the Cardinals, I'd be way more willing to buy into, like, okay, he's a viable standalone play. I'm not there yet. You know, if we see only 60 snaps this week, then we probably only see maybe six snaps split out wide. So uh, definitely avoiding him this week. But after watching last week, I think we can say that both Nuke and Drake are in play every single week, no matter what matchup independent you guys agree with that oh i think deandre hopkins is, is matchup proof absolutely 100 i was not a drake guy coming into the season uh I, I really felt like he was being overvalued but uh he's gonna get the work and and he's he did look good so uh, i gotta maybe it's early bite the bullet on that but i'll have to wait and see a little bit long term uh, i might still have a little bit trouble trusting him but matt what do you feel about that yeah i just I'm just going to play every every little bit of uh, of DeAndre Hopkins that I can possibly get my uh, my cute little fingers on. <laughs> hey, two two words, Dan Arnold this this week. We saw what those Eagle tight ends did last week, but they're a little bit better than Dan Arnold. And it, <laughs> it was a joke, TJ. I saw your or, pop out or, of your head. Or Max Max with two X's. Anybody? <laughs> Dallas Goddard, Dan Arnold is not. <laughs> you don't see the correlation between those two guys. Uh, TJ, anything else you want to add about this Arizona offense, Kyler Murray? Anything with Kyler? Uh, uh, I mean, Kyler, Kyler's fine. He's, a, I guess I should have listed him when I said both Nuke and Drake. But uh, don't completely sleep on Drake. We haven't seen a truly favorable game script yet. You know, it's just one week. So let's not give up on him. We saw what he did last year. Yeah, Kyler's 95 rushing yards was uh, fourth overall in the league last week. We we didn't have uh, – did we have any 100-yard rushers? I don't think we had any 100-yard rushers last week. Maybe one. Oh, yeah, we had Benny, had Benny Snell. So that was Monday night. I'm thinking back to 
to Sunday. But, Henry uh, yeah. too, right? Didn't Henry just yeah. get there on 31 yeah. carries? So, yeah. Yeah. 31 carries. Yeah, man. They'll feed him, and they'll do it again this week. So that's why you I got to love it. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, let's head over to the AFC West where the – the Los Angeles Chargers welcome in the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, well-rested after having uh, a Thursday night game last week. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier Philip Rivers, the former quarterback here with the with the Chargers, threw 37% of the time to running backs. Well, Tyrod Taylor threw 3% of the time. So all of us who were excited about Austin Eckler and thought that was a great spot for Austin Eckler found out one target and he didn't even catch it. What the hell's going on here? Then we see Josh Kelly uh, at his $4,700 come in and, and run the ball. Well, Josh Kelly is a guy who Curtis Patrick convinced me when he came on the SFB potathon, convinced me that I should draft him in the SFB. And I did. And I started drafting him everywhere after that. I'm happy to have him at the end of a lot of benches, but uh, Matt, where do you, do you see this going? I mean, they, they paid Eckler a lot of money in the offseason. I got to imagine it's going to change, and they'll be getting the ball in his hands a lot more. Yeah, I mean, you would think. And, you know, the the price kind of reflects, uh, I guess, some of our uncertainty, right? Like 6500 seems like a pretty reasonable price um, for him, given what, we, what we've seen after one week. And there's, uh, there's this whole, like, untapped – uh, upside for him this week. If he does just get that work back at 6,500, we're going to look back at, uh, you know, at that slate next week and be like, what the hell were we doing? Like, why didn't we just, why didn't we believe our priors on this and, and think about last year and not this year. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm definitely, I'm definitely nervous uh, to do that in with such limited lineups. Uh but yeah, maybe maybe TJ, you can. Uh, I- I'm on the fence, so you can you can sway me one way or the other here. I, I'm not doing it this week, and I probably won't do it next week. I'm not gonna. I'm going to do it when it's not Tyrod playing quarterback. That's when I'm going to do it on Eckler, and maybe he'll be down around 5,500 by the time that by the time uh, Herbert rolls <laughs> around. But uh, yeah, the, the only uh, the only Charger player. I'm looking at this week is a guy who we didn't even think was going to play. And then he played and he played well, despite Tyrod actually sucking. But yeah, Mike Williams, man, he, he's long been the Chargers best receiver. Sorry, Keenan Allen lovers, but uh, where are you guys at on that? I, I'm watching red zone and I hear Mike Williams name and I'm like, Mike, what, Mike, is there another Mike Williams in the NFL? And I'm like, he was not supposed to play for a couple of weeks. And he was out there, and he was targeted, and he looked good. And and I got to agree with you. I, I think uh, Mike Williams is in a great spot and, and definitely a better play than Keenan Allen. Yeah, 147 air yards uh, last week, which was uh, close to 45% of the, uh, of the Chargers air yards in general, like just 4,200. Just give me, give me every little bit of Mike Williams. I just – I cannot – absolutely cannot quit that guy and there's like you know we we always say like this this opportunity has to you know regress towards uh some actual fantasy output there's a chance that that never happens with mike williams i'm gonna be gonna be totally honest with you but if it ever well, does more i'm gonna rod, be a rich 
<laughs> but yeah, yeah, you can punt wide receivers so hard this week in tournaments. I mean, I think you can do it in cash too. I really do. But I mean, you truly can play uh, three wide receivers under forty five hundred and just pay up everywhere else and enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, if if Galladay's out and and Quintez season uh, continues, and then I put in Mike Williams, then like getting Zeke in there is the easiest uh, the easiest decision uh, that I could possibly imagine at this point. So talking Mahomes is is uh, is it's just too obvious of a play, but let's talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who we saw have his you know breakout game in game one. He shot up to seventy four. Pretty good start. Yeah, Matt, I don't remember. Do you remember what he was priced at last week? $7,400 now on this slate. Is he already priced too high to to dip your toes in that water? Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, ish. You know, he, he got all the goal line work, but, you know, he got a ton of goal line work, which was huge. Uh, he wasn't effective with it, so we got to wonder what that's going to look like uh, this week. I, I didn't play any Thursday to Monday slate last week, so I don't know what he was priced at. Yeah, he was seven uh, K. I just looked it up. Okay. So uh, Kelsey might be the only Chief I truly want to play this week. Uh, I still truly respect that Charger secondary. Uh, last week Burrow was good with his legs, but I believe he was sub two hundred yards on thirty six passes last week. And even with Mahomes, I just. Don't want to target this Charger team, uh, that Charger secondary. Yeah, Matt. I think that's I think that's reasonable. I I I I feel like the these you know that that first week was a little bit out of character to a, to a certain extent. Like they the the Chiefs, you know, ran more uh, ran more than they passed. Uh, and obviously that had a lot to do with game script, but they, they ran 71 plays. Um, and they, you know, they, they obviously like prioritize getting, uh, getting Clyde the ball. So I don't know. I, I have a hard time just being like, nah, don't play chiefs. But, um, I, I definitely, get, I definitely get what you're saying, TJ. Um, I'm a, I'm a weak, weak man. So I will probably have <laughs> a, a lineup with, with Mahomes and, uh, and Kelsey at some point. All right, guys, let's wrap the slate up with the uh, Houston Texans welcoming in the Baltimore Ravens. This is a 51 and a half over this. This is a a game. We want to see some points in. We expect the Ravens to put up some points. Can we expect the Texans to keep pace? Uh, Last week, David Johnson looked pretty good. He averaged seven yards a carry on 11 carries. Uh, but this is a much tougher Ravens defense. I mean, Chubb averaged six yards a carry and Hunt averaged 5.5, but there's a different offensive line in Cleveland than there is in Houston. So, TJ, I, I don't think you like DJ this week, even with Duke Johnson possibly missing a game, but do you or who do you like on the Houston side? I mean, DJ is the only guy in play. Uh, you, you have to assume there's going to be uh... – targets available uh, for the running back position. I, I don't think the fuller usage get, let some hope uh, to what he might be. I, I just don't think he has the ability to 
run with a true alpha alpha role and be effective with it. I think we're going to see more cooks. I think uh, Cobb might actually be alive. But uh, as far as playing DFS, the only guy on that side I might want is DJ, and I just don't think I'm going to play any uh, any Texans at all. Where are you guys at on that? Well, I think they'll be chasing the points. I was surprised the Texans took so long to get Cobb involved in the game. Uh, last week they didn't use them literally till late in the game so I could see a scenario where they're trailing and Cobb's getting those dump offs you know if especially if Duke Johnson misses again I think he did practice today on a limited basis we'll have to see so I could see a a path to Randall Cobb uh, Matt what do you have to add uh, yeah, no, I, I, I mostly agree. Uh, I, I will definitely have some fuller, but that's just cause like, I just can't not cause when, like if, if I miss that, he's just one of those guys that I just need to, uh, need to include whenever he's healthy. Cause, uh, you know, Lord willing, it'll be more than a couple more weeks, but we never know when we're going to lose our sweet Prince Will Fuller. So I got to. I gotta keep going with them. <laughs> Get it while you can. Over on our, on the Ravens side, uh, you know Lamar is Lamar. That 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 floor is built in. It seems like every week. Um, Hollywood Brown. The yardage was there. Most of that came early in the game. It looked like it was going to be a huge game. It kind of t- uh, trailed off. Um, you know, but he's that touchdown. That big play touchdown is always there. So I'll probably have him in some some uh, GPPs. Are we buying into J.K. Dobbins? Uh, two short touchdowns, but he did bang them in. Do you think they go uh, back to Ingram? Like it could be Ingram's goal line work this week. It's not something we could trust yet, TJ. No, I don't want any running backs there. Uh, I do think that goal line work was kind of wild. They just wanted wanted to say welcome to the NFL, especially on the second one when uh, the game was essentially decided. Um, on the Baltimore side, we mentioned Lamar, but it was good to see uh, the league's overall tight end one uh, smash last week, get in the end zone a couple times. Now they raised his price to tight end one where it's supposed to Oh, wait. No, they didn't. Andrews is still only 6,300 and the best tight end play on the slate. <laughs> Carry on. Matt, anything you want to add before we uh, we take this home? Um. Yeah, no, I, I am definitely going to have some – some Andrews, uh, and I don't think that uh, this past week was representative of the of the snap share that we're going to see between Ingram and Dobbins. Like neither of them even were on the field for forty percent of the plays. Like I think it was just a weird uh, a weird deal. I, I'm very curious to see when they're in a competitive game how that um, how that split works out. But I'm not willing to put American dollars on finding out uh, in the meantime. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is all 13 games on the main slate. This has been the On The Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On The Daily DFS. You can find me at Salito FF. You can find at Matt Jones TFR and at TJ Calkins. We will be here every Wednesday night around 10-ish, depending on TJ. And uh, we'll bring you the entire main slate week after week. And hope hopefully we put you guys on the green. Any parting shots, guys? Let's get on the other side of the bubble this week, huh? <laughs> All right, guys, let's let's burst that bubble. We'll see you in seven days. Before we wrap up tonight's show, I just want to remind you guys about our final sponsor, Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. 
You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. That means game spreads, totals, all sorts of different props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on whatever you can think of. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Your, bet, your online sportsbook experts.